Please note, information provided by David Kimball during this podcast is for general insight. It should not be relied upon as professional financial advice for any individual. Always seek the advice of a qualified financial advisor with any questions you may have regarding taxes. Hello, everyone. I'm Casty Bias, and you're listening to Adulting 101, the podcast. This show covers all you need to know about how to survive adulthood and life after college. Today, we're going to be talking about how to file your taxes for the first time. Yes, we are going there today, people. I've been talking about it, and it's finally happening. (laughs) Taxes are confusing, and that is an understatement. But as young professionals enter into adulthood, it is something that needs to be done. So here to help us all relax a little bit and understand the process a little bit better is David Kimball. David is a financial coach and the founder of HouseholdBudgetMadeEasy.com, a site that works toward helping families become financially free. And he is, what I would say, a guru when it comes to filing taxes and breaking the process down for everyone. David, thank you for joining me on today's episode of Adulting 101. Oh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. I'm honored that you'd want me on here. Oh, yes. I've seen your videos. Once I watched everything, I was like, oh my goodness, help us, please. (laughs) (laughs) For those who haven't watched David's quote-unquote class just yet onto YouTube, make sure you check it out. You can watch his video labeled How to Fill Out the 2020 1040 Tax Form for Singles with No Dependents on YouTube. We'll focus primarily on singles with no dependents for this particular episode. And I would recommend watching that and listening to that before further proceeding with this podcast. Otherwise, it'll probably get a little bit confusing. You can see David's previous videos on YouTube at David Kimball and at RTS Learning Center. As far as dependents, would you be able to give more of a definition on that? There's a specific legal definition. If somebody has paid more than 50% of your living expenses for more than six months of the year. So if you go July 1st and someone is paying your bills, you're a dependent. Are you guys listening to this? He, he breaks things down and it's super simple and easy and really awesome to follow. So yes, thank you for that. Yes. When it comes to young professionals, when exactly would they need to start filing taxes? Because it sounds like even if they're living at home, for example, they would still need to do so. I'll give a quick timeline. By the end of January, your employer is supposed to send you, have sent you your W-2, which is the form that tells you how much money you've made. Or if you are an entrepreneur, meaning you have your own business, you'll get possibly 1099s. Those will come in the end of January, early February. And then whenever the IRS says, okay, we're open for new filing, that's when it is. Yes, that makes sense. If you are able to receive a W-2 or if you're freelancing or if you're an entrepreneur, and certain forms are being sent your way, that means it's basically a, it's tax time. It's time to file tax. <laughs> yes. Usually by March. All of you who are listening, you can put on your mental calendar for March, time to get it in. Speaking of forms then, for young professionals who don't have dependents, what forms would they need specifically in order to make sure that they are filing their taxes correctly? You had mentioned a W-2 We'll be talking about a 1040 as well. Are there any other forms that young professionals should be considering and having next to them 
The only other one that they may have, and I say may with a big emphasis, is a 1099 INT for interest. If they've had some money in the bank and they've earned interest on it, the bank will send them a 1099 saying how much interest and you've declare that as income on the tax form. Starting with 20, we're in 2021, starting with 2019, the tax form is the same for everybody. There used to be three different tax forms. Now, everybody uses the same tax form 1040. As your taxes get more complicated, you add different forms. But for the typical person who is on their own and doesn't have anything outside of, you know, a bank account with savings, the 1040 is all they need. I would say there's a good number of 20-somethings that do have investments. So you would get a form from them also. And if not, you can get it online in your brokerage account or wherever your investment account. Log in, go to documents, grab that form because you have to declare it. Any money you made there, you have to declare it. So let's jump back to the 1040. We're putting out a lot of numbers out here. Um, (laughs) So explain to our audience what exactly is a 1040. 1040 is the form that you declare how much income you have throughout the year and how much money you have done with certain other things, such as particular investments that maybe you've made money on. You also find out how much money you're going to get back based on how much you've paid throughout the year. So basically, if you've made $10,000, okay, let me rephrase that. We're talking 20-somethings who have jobs. You made $40,000. And typically, if at that level, you're going to pay 10% taxes. So 4000 How much of that 4000 did you pay throughout the year determines how much you will get back. You declare your income, you find out how much taxes you've paid, you do a simple subtraction, and that's how much money you either get back or how much money you have to pay. Right. How much money you owe back. Yes, exactly. And we all want to see a positive number with that. That means like, oh, yes, money. Well, hold on. If I can interject on it, is getting money back a good thing? Why are you getting money back? You just worked a certain amount of hours and the government's basically been holding on to that money and they're really giving it back to you. Yes. And what are they doing with that money? That $4,000 that was taken, what are they doing with it throughout the year until you get it back? Earning interest. Oh. They're earning interest on your money. Mm-hmm. instead of you earning interest on your money. Well, the natural question after that is, well, David, okay, then how do you avoid that? The W-4 form. For those of you listening who want to dive into a little bit better, you adjust your W-4 form. And you all are confused. Hit my video, go to the comments, and uh, I'll help you out. And if you have people, then I'll create a separate video for that. And for those who do not know what a W-4 is, what exactly is a W-4? whether you're single or married, and how many dependents you have, the number you put on there determines how much money gets taken out. If you are an entrepreneur, if you're working for yourself, you're not dealing with the W-4. You're dealing with a Schedule C, which is something a little more complicated. And so that doesn't apply to you. This applies to those who have employers and who will get a W-2 to determine what their wages were. Yes, exactly. All right. So I'm just going to run through a couple of things here and there. Again, not going to cover too much since everybody has watched the video by now. As far as going down the rest of the 1040, you had mentioned certain things like new things that have been included on the 1040 last year on the 2020 form, Mm -hmm. including 
the note of any virtual currency, gibberish meaning like Bitcoin. <laughs> um, yes. One thing that did pop out that I would like for you to discuss with our audience, mm-hmm. there's something on the side that's outlined as a standard deduction. What exactly does that mean? Why do we need that number? A standard deduction is the amount of money that you don't have to pay taxes on. So this year, it's 12400 per person. Mm-hmm. That means of your income, you don't have to pay taxes on 12400 of it. It's called a standard deduction because there's also something called an itemized deduction. If you you haven't spent more than 12400 on a lot of taxable items, then you'll choose the standard deduction. My next question that I have for you, David, is a little bit more as far as the numbers. I know that for our listeners out there, they can't necessarily see us as far as us talking and going through everything. But what exactly is the process as far as using the W-2 to file taxes. Would you be able to give us an example from an audio perspective? If you have a calculator, we can even do this example really quick. I do actually. I have my phone right here. (laughs) Great. So we'll do this together real quick. Do you know how much a typical 20-something makes these days? We'll go $25,000 a year. Yeah, that works. So $25,000 a year, that would be on your W-2. That would go on the first line of your 1040 form. So for me, I'm looking at a W-2 right now. And I see it's basically split up. One side, for example, says wages, tips, and other compensation. And the other side says federal income tax withheld. They're going to give you a number in box one. You take that amount, you put it in box one on the 1040. And for the typical person, you go down and then you subtract your standard deduction. And the rest of the stuff is not going to apply to 95, 98% of the people that are listening. If any of the other boxes do apply and you all are confused, go to the comments. I'll help you out. If at least three people ask for it, I'll make a video because obviously three people represent a whole lot more that would like it. Let's say somebody gets two W-2s in the mail because they started a job, got laid off, then got another job. Basically, Mm -hmm. adding those two numbers for wages, for example, one would be something they would need to do, correct? Yes, that question has come up a couple times in over 2019. That's why I added the extra instruction on 2020. Mm -hmm. If you get multiple W-2s, you add them up and just combine them as if they're one. Right. If it's severance pay, that's just going to be extra pay. That'll be on the W-2. It's simply income. You just got it ahead of time, so to speak. Severance pay is usually two weeks, a couple months, whatever, a pay, your regular pay. That'll go on your W-2 and there's no extra thing to do with it. And that's included within the, for example, how I mentioned earlier, the box one, that's already included. That's already included in its income. Another question that I had was young professionals and Mm -hmm. a number of them have this other thing when it comes to taxes, loans. (laughs) You can't hear the shaking of the head, can you? Shaking my head. How exactly can young professionals get credit for that? For the loans, Mm -hmm. there is no credit because it's money you borrowed. Now, as far as education credits, that's different. Mm -hmm. There are two ways that you can get money back from your school expenses. One is called the HOPE credit and one is called lifetime credit. If you have expenses, you will get a 1098T in the mail. Mm -hmm. Same thing, another form that if you don't get it, you have to go and ask for it because they're going to be the ones that tell you how much you get to claim. And that may be different than the amount that you come up with. 
So that's why when you get to that point, you're going to want to use a tax program. Mm. Now, to fill all that stuff out, all the forms that we've talked about could be typical. Mm-hmm. You're going to pay about three to $500 if you go to a tax person. That's just reality. You pay a base fee and then you pay for each one. When they had the 1040 easy, do you remember that form from a few years ago? Um, no, not. Okay, that was the basic. It was big boxes and it took you five minutes to fill it out. $50. Oh, yes. No, I definitely didn't do that then. (laughs) (laughs) And so now the 1040s and you have all these extra forms and everything. Yes, you can get charged. If you think you can answer questions and have somewhat the ability to follow along and kind of understand a little bit, spend $13 on a tax program and just get somebody else to uh, verify. That's perfect. So overall, if you have a whole bunch of forms and you're sure not sure what exactly you're supposed to do with that, having a tax professional help you through that process is definitely beneficial. Do you have any tips or advice for young professionals who have just recently started freelancing? Freelancing, entrepreneur, it's all the same thing. You're earning your money and you're keeping it all. Mm -hmm. For an example, for those who aren't freelancing, but maybe want to, if I'm a plumber and I own my own business, I freelance and I come fix your sink and I charge $300, I keep that $300. If I work for Joe's Plumbing, I get my $50 an hour. Of that $300, I keep $150 of it. Joe pays me $150 every two weeks or once a month. However, usually it's every two weeks I get paid. The difference is the tax is being taken out. If I'm working for Joe the plumber, he's taking the taxes out for me. If I'm working for myself, no taxes are being taken out. And that could be, ooh, I get 300 bucks. You are, but you have to pay taxes on 300. If you go spend it all, you have no money left to pay your taxes. And so my first advice is have a separate bank account just for your business, just for your freelancing stuff. If you are doing anything for money, you're a business. If you have your own freelancing business, don't go willy-nilly and spend it all because you're going to be surprised your first tax year and you're going to be mad and don't be mad at me because I told you. Are there particular forms that they need to fill out and apply to their 1040? Yes. If uh, you're a freelancer and you get a 1099 or if you're on your own business and you don't, obviously that's the difference. If you're freelancing is you haven't set up officially, but you're just kind of doing something on the side and you're working for a company and they send you a 1099, then you have to fill out Schedule C, which is business income. The IRS considers you a business, whether you designate yourself, a freelancer is your own business. So whether or not you have LLC. It's Schedule C. All right. And you'll see the Schedule C. You'll pull that money. You'll pull that information and put it on the front of the 1040. There's a little line that says Schedule C right there. And you put that and then you add that amount to your taxable income. Yes. My last question that I had for you was Mm -hmm. really if you had any other additional tips or advice for our audience. Don't panic. If you've learned anything in college, even if uh, you didn't get much of an education, you did learn to do things step by step. Do this, then this, then this, then this. Just go from line one and go down. If you don't get a W-2, that still does not get you out of doing the taxes. Mm. Sometimes things happen in the mail. So if you don't get the information and you're just saying, well, I can't file because I don't get it. No, the IRS says, too bad, too sad. You didn't file on time. 
get a penalty or whatever it is if you have to owe taxes and it's interesting. So if you don't get a W-2, if you know you have money in the bank and you earned interest, you didn't get your 1099, you have to go back and find one and get it. For those who are afraid of IRS actually coming to get them, they're afraid of, oh, well, maybe I'm missing some information on my 1040 or something I forgot to include and I'm just fearful and maybe I should pay somebody to go ahead and look over this. What advice or recommendations would you have for them? You're going to jail. <laughs> you are going no. to jail <laughs> in there, this podcast. <laughs> um, no. The only way that they're going to come after you is if they can see malicious intent. I've had things where I've made a mistake. They've actually corrected the mistake and sent me the difference in money. Oh, that was I, nice of them. Thanks, government. And, and so generally speaking, because it's all algorithms, it's all computer, they do that. But don't worry about that. If you make a mistake, it's going to be an honest mistake. And nine times out of 10, no one is even going to notice. So just do it honestly. Get someone else to look at it, file it away, and you're going to be fine. I do tell people, if it's just a one-off question, there's a program out there that I use called freetaxusa.com. I don't make any money off it. It's really good. You can do your taxes for free. You can file for free federal. You have to pay $13 for the state form. Well worth it. And it walks you through the process. As long as you answer everything honestly and in order, you won't make a mistake. Perfect. Well, yes, that... I need to get them to uh, give me a commission for every time I send somebody. Right, exactly. This episode is also brought to you by (laughs) Free Tax Uh, (laughs) What I wish somebody would have told me without figuring it on my own, there are three things that I think every adulting person, adulting podcast listener should do on their own, even if you eventually pay somebody else. One is do your own resume. The second is do your own budget. Third, learn to do your own taxes. That way you can understand, well, if I do this with my money, it's going to do this with taxes. But at least you get that information to make more informed decisions. Right. Thank you so much, David. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you again, David, for all of your tips and advice. And as always, thank you, audience, for listening. I'm Caspi Bias. Talk to you next time. Remember to subscribe to Adulting 101, the podcast, and follow me on social media, LinkedIn at Caspi Bias, or on Instagram at C-A-S-B-I-A-S. Adulting 101 is a part of C-Bias Productions. For more podcasts, please visit Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Thank you.